Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is space news. This is from Fox News. NASA is eyeing up a nearby asteroid that contains enough gold to make everyone on Earth a billionaire. Psych... Psych Psyche? Psyche? Oh, psych? I, like, I thought you were just saying Psyche. No, I wasn't. No. Uh, the name of the asteroid is Psyche 16. I'm going to go with Psyche. Okay. But there's an E at the end. I don't know. Um, Psyche 16 is nestled between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter and is made of solid metal. As well as gold, the mysterious object is loaded with heaps of platinum, iron, and nickel. Wow. In total, it's estimated that Psyche's various metals are worth a gargantuan 10,000 quadrillion dollars. <laughs> That's I a that's a made know. up that's almost a made up number. I don't know how many zeros that is. Ten thousand. So. Wouldn't that be like ten quintillion? Or is that not a? Well, what? How many zeros is a trillion? Oh boy, really putting me on the spot. Here. Is it? <laughs> well, I don't even. I don't know either. I think it's I, nine to it for a trillion, right? Or is that a? Is that a, a billion? billion? That's a billion. Because one million is six. Nine is Would a be billion. billion. A trillion's probably. 12. Twelve, and this by is the way numbers work. That times, <laughs> time, time and again, we show we are not mathematicians. I'm just not good at mental math on the spot. Yeah, but I'm really not either. I don't know if a quadrillion is like four trillion, or if it's some I, other like. I thought it was 10. the next, the next uh, is like billion, trillion, quadrillion. Oh, really? Okay. And then I think quintillion would be after that. So it's fifteen zeros. Yeah, quadrillion would be 15 zeros. And this is saying it's 10,000 quadrillion. Which would be... So it's an, another four zeros. That's crazy. That's so much money. I just, it's so... The number is so big that it's just impossible to, like, right. even contemplate how much money that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they say here that this means if we carried it back to Earth, <laughs> it would destroy commodity prices and cause the world economy to collapse. <laughs> <laughs> because the entire world's economy, apparently, according to this article, is worth about $75.5 trillion. Oh, so this is it's, far beyond. Yes. Okay. So it would just, like, destroy the entire economy. Um, huh. We've known about this asteroid for a while, but its potential to cause havoc on Earth was recently touched upon by a veteran miner. Scott Moore, who heads up Eurosun Mining, said the sheer amount of gold in the asteroid threatens to throw the gold industry into chaos. The titans of gold, meaning like big gold companies, I think, now control hundreds of the best producing properties around the world. But the four to five million ounces of gold they bring to the market every year pales in comparison to the conquests available in space. (laughs) So this could be like, I don't know, a new... Thing, people are going to go mine metals there. Um, Let's na- make everything out of gold from now on. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> it's everything cheaper is gold. building material than anything else. <laughs> yep. Um, NASA's launching a mission to probe the asteroid in the summer of 2022, dubbed the Discovery Mission. It will arrive there around 2026, I guess. Um, but fortunately, the space agency is taking the trip for scientific purposes and is not planning on conducting any mining. They think the asteroid could tell us how Earth's core and the cores of other terrestrial planets were formed, so they're just doing scientific research there. Um, but... You know, there's there's other asteroids that have precious metals on them. I was going to so. say, just imagine how many like 
quintillion dollars worth of metal are just out there in the asteroid belt. Right. So one day, I don't know, someone might figure out how to bring back enough gold to crash the world's economy. I'm just picturing a spaceship happen. with like a rope tied between it and the <laughs> asteroid just going, Ugh! It's just like just uh. dragging it behind <laughs> No, I'm just imagining they, they like go, they lasso the whole thing and then just like come back and it's like dragged behind the spaceship. And, and then, then like... it just collides with the earth slowly because what were they thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Huh. My first story is science news. And this comes from gizmodo.com. Uh, extremely rare lava lake discovered on remote British island. Lava lake? Lava lake. Whoa. Uh, satellite images have confirmed the presence of a persistent lava lake within the crater of Mount Michael, an active volcano located on a remote island in the uh, the Southern Ocean, hmm. which I guess I think is like the Southern Pacific. Maybe it's just the Southern. I don't know. Is that? I've never heard of the Southern Ocean. Yeah, but maybe it's very yeah. it's very far away from any like major landmass. Okay. Um, Despite frequently appearing in films and video games, lava lakes are actually quite rare <laughs> as far as geological features go, which I thought, I thought that was kind of an That's funny. interesting observation. Of the yeah. approximately 1,500 potentially active terrestrial volcanoes on Earth that we know about, only eight feature a persistent lake of lava, including this one. So there's, oh, wow. there's eight of these lakes that we know about. Yeah, that is pretty rare. Uh, a research team from the British Antarctic Survey and University College... London confirmed the presence of a lava lake using uh, satellite data collected over the past three decades. Um, the island is located among Britain's South Sandwich Islands, some 1,500 kilometers east of the Falkland Islands, which makes it extremely difficult to access. So the only way they could have identified this lake is with high-resolution satellite imagery without like going there, which would have been very expensive and difficult. Huh. Um, and they say the lava pool is between 50 to 215 meters in diameter. Again, they're using satellite imagery, so they can't get yeah. more specific than that. Um, and its temperature peaks at nearly uh, 1,280 degrees Celsius, <gasps> which is about 2,335 degrees Fahrenheit, which That's is pretty hot. so hot. <laughs> It'll just destroy everything. Yeah, that would just that would incinerate you on on contact i yeah. imagine I, I, yeah. I don't know how that would work exactly but immediately yeah just gone yeah yeah you're just vaporized right <laughs> unless you're a video game character in which case you might bounce on it a couple times yeah, before you die you might b- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll like spit you up and then yeah if and you then you'll have a chance a to get spot. back but if you keep falling back in, then, then, then you're, you're just done. Game over. Yeah. I wonder where the other lava lakes are. Now I'm curious. They about actually that. did say in the article. Oh, did they? Let me pull that up. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious about that. Uh, whoops, wrong article. Because like th- this is interesting. Like, what causes it to be like that versus just like dr- like cooling? Yeah. On why the doesn't surface? it cool you know, on the surface? Just... I'm I'm really not sure. Huh. Um. They didn't. They didn't go into that in the article either. Yeah. Um. And the fact that they're so rare, uh, they might just not really understand why at this point. Maybe they just haven't had a good chance to study them. That's very possible. Okay. The other seven volcanoes with persistent lava lakes are... Oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be... A, <laughs> are they hard to be, pronounce names? This is going to be an adventure. Uh, Niragongo Volcano in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, Urtaeo Volcano in Ethiopia. 
Mount Erebus in Antarctica, Mount Yasser Vanuatu in Kilauea, it's in Hawaii, Uh, Ambrum in uh, Vanuatu, wait, which was one of the volcanoes, anyway, Messiah in Nicaragua, that's the seventh one. Yeah, those are all very interesting. So they're spread out all around, so no real common thread, just... uh, the, the one in Antarctica must be pretty cool. Pretty hot. Both. How does that work? I don't yeah, know. I, I don't that's know. That's fascinating. That's wow. the place you that's would so think cool. you would that's the place you would think it would cool over. Yeah. Just Wow. I, yeah. I do not know how lava works. My next story is sports news. A rare one on this show. I think we've had <laughs> this... two. <laughs> Maybe Two three. or three Maybe that I three. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is the third or fourth sports story in a year of doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, this is from CNN. Australia's Bernard Tomic has been fined his full Wimbledon prize money for not meeting the quote required professional standard during his lackluster fifty-eight minute first round defeat by Joe Wilfred Songa the other day. Tomek was docked the maximum amount, which is 45 pounds or $56,100 penalty for his limp performance in (laughs) Tuesday's match, the shortest men's match at Wimbledon since 2004. Wait, so he was fined because the match was too short? Because he was acting like he wasn't caring about the match. Oh. (laughs) And yeah, and and then he lost really badly and it was really short. Oh, so it kind of seemed like he maybe threw it or something? Yeah. Hmm. Um, he lost the first set in 18 minutes and the second in 17 minutes, winning just 47 points total, which is pretty low for like a That's professional insane. tennis match. That I is don't, that short? I'm that sounds like, long to me, yeah. but I've never played tennis for an extended period of time. <laughs> I was reading that too, and I'm like, that seems like a normal length, but I think for like the professional, like if you're in like Wimbledon, yeah. they go a lot longer th- because they're, they're professional players and you're not, it's like even, ma- you know, like it it's sounds high like scoring. If that it sounds sense. like longer than I would want to watch a tennis match. <laughs> is, I guess where I'm coming from, but yeah, I guess if you're um, a professional, must you must go longer. Uh, Wimbledon officials penalized Tomic for his lack of effort and professionalism after failing to chase down balls and appearing indifferent to the result. Hmm. Okay. Um, all players are expected to perform to a professional standard in every Grand Slam match. Tournament organizer said in a statement last week. It is the opinion of the referee that the performance of Bernard Tomic in his first round match against Joe Wilfred Sanga did not meet the required professional standards, and therefore he has been fined the maximum amount of 45,000 pounds, which will be deducted from his prize money. <laughs> like, that's like a pretty big fine. That's a huge um, fine for just not caring. <laughs> right? And apparently this isn't the first time this happened to this guy. <laughs> In 2017, he was fined $15,000 for telling a press conference that he had faked an injury and that he was, quote, bored with Wimbledon following his first round exit against Misha Zverev. Uh, Those comments also cost Tomek his sponsorship with racket manufacturer Head, which apparently is a racket company. I know nothing about tennis, Um, I'm learning. Yeah, so this isn't the first time he's been fined for doing this. For being apathetic. Yeah. Huh. So what do you what do you think about that? 
That's so Do you think someone should be fined for like not for not caring enough? Caring enough? Like they made it there. I don't know. Yeah, that's just that's such a weird that's such a weird grounds for finding somebody. <laughs> it's like, well, it's also such a it's a such a judgment like, call too. Like you have to yeah, it's you have subjective. to it's very subjective. Like you don't seem like you're really giving this your all. We think you could try a little harder. Like maybe like, you're just not good at the like you're not having a good yeah like maybe match. you're just having like an I'd, off day or something. Like maybe you're like just not you're really tired and you just had a bad game. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I have days at work where I don't feel like super motivated and I don't get yeah, we're, fined we're for it. Yeah. You're going to like get your salary cut in half. Cause you weren't like motivated. And, yeah, well, I, like, I mean, maybe they're on the other side of it. Like a lot of people pay to go yeah, watch this stuff. That's probably more of it. And so nobody's watching me work. Well, nobody's not, paying to watch me. Work. You're not, you're, you're <laughs> well, day job isn't an entertainment. That's true. For people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. Whereas this is like entertainment for people. So if someone comes in and throws a match, then the organizers of the event are like, okay, well, why did we let you what we invited you to be here? You know, like you didn't you have to actually try. So it seems I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch it or anything. Yeah. Maybe it is obvious when someone's like not caring. Yeah. I guess they run the tournament. They make the rules. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I've, I've never heard of somebody being fined for apathy. I had not either. My next story is technology news. This is from Ars Technica. FaceTime feature in iOS 13 feigns eye contact during video calls. I don't understand. Uh, so... This is a new feature that people have found while playing with the closed beta of the next version of iOS. Uh, it's called FaceTime Attention Correction, which is a, kind of a big brothery name, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> but it adjusts the image during FaceTime uh, video calls to make it look like the person is looking directly into the camera rather than at their device's screen. So when you're on a FaceTime, oh. you're like looking at them, but it, it like modifies the image to adjust your eyes to make it look like you're looking at the camera so you're like directly looking at the person instead of looking at your screen which would be like slightly below they use it's kind of it's kind of like the same technology behind snapchat filters that kind of thing where they use augmented reality to adjust how your eyes look uh, isn't I, that that's hmm. that's the main reason i brought this honestly because there, there's not a whole lot this more to the story makes but, me uncomfortable okay okay so on one side i actually understand that problem like i've you know when i've used like a face chat app like that Mm -hmm. i've noticed that like it's kind of annoying that like if i want to look at the person then my thing looks like i'm looking down right right? like when you're skyping or whatever Mm. so i see that that's a legit like problem to try to solve but but i don't know if like (laughs) is this the way (laughs) faking the person's eyes and where they're looking is the right course of action for that yeah it just makes me uncomfortable for some reason yeah, one of the beta testers guessed that they're using ar kit which is the ar software in ios to make the to make like a map of the person's face and use that to inform the image adjustments which again like there's stuff like snapchat filters and things that have are right. able to do this kind of thing um and the article just said there's an argument in favor of making the experience of video chat feel more natural but there's an equal argument against forcing an appearance of intimacy or attention because yes. they, they also made the point, like, eye contact's kind of a thing that people choose to do. Uh, and it, it's kind of weird to almost force it right. in, in this context. And it, 
it's going to look strange too, because if it's not really yeah, them looking I mean, at you, won't it like there's all these expressions and stuff with your eyes that will change. Yeah. Like the m- interpretation of what you're saying. Right. I saw some, there's some pictures of it in the article, but there weren't any videos. And I feel like that's where it would really fall apart. Is if right. you're like, what if you're like moving your head around and your eyes are just like staying transfixed in the center? That just sounds creepy. I know. What a weird, I mean, hopefully it's optional at least. I'm sure it'll be optional. That would just be a bad choice if they made that well, mandatory. Wanna be, wanna be apples first, but you know. <laughs> True. That's a yeah, weird unexpected uses of, of AR. Yeah. Something I never really thought of as a problem, and I guess they came up with a solution. I guess. <laughs> but is it the best solution? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my next story is world news. This is from the BBC, and the headline is, Sudan Tomb Diver Reveals Pharaoh's Secrets. Ooh. Exotic. Exotic. (laughs) (laughs) An underwater archaeologist has told the BBC of the extraordinary lengths he went to to access a pharaoh's tomb underneath a pyramid. Pierce Paul Kreisman and his team were the first people to go into the tomb for a hundred years. In that time, it has become harder to access because of the rising water level. So much of this tomb was underwater. Hmm. Mr. Kreisman told BBC Newsday that this was the first time underwater archaeology had been carried out in Sudan, the location of the ancient royal burial site called Nuri. That's like a larger site, and this was just one structure within it. Okay. Um, pottery figurines and gold leaf were found inside this gold leaf would have been taken by thieves by now if it weren't for the rising water level making the tomb inaccessible to most um mr creaseman told the bbc that the team dug as far as they could down a 65 step stairway which led to the tomb entry but they got about 40 stairs down and then they hit the water table so there were like 20 steps worth of depth still to go underwater um, and because normal scuba tanks would have been too cumbersome, apparently, um, they used a hose that pumped oxygen from the surface to like go down there. So they just had this like makeshift, like, I don't oh, know, weird. a breathing apparatus with like a hose or something. And, um, yeah. And they dug down even though it was underwater and they found the actual chamber. It was three chambers with arch ceilings that was all underwater. No, it was, oh, wow. It was all um, underwater. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, maybe like some of it wasn't at the top, but like sure. the stairs to get in there were, so oh, they had weird. to like dig in there. Um, and then, yeah, and they found figurines and some of them had gold leaf around them. And so that was a cool archaeological discovery. Um, and then it just has a note that this tomb is part of the ancient site of Nuri, which is spread across more than 170 acres in northern Sudan. Hmm. And these tombs are a little different from the Egyptian ones um, in that there's like pyramids, but all the tombs are like underneath them, like underground versus like in inside the structure. them. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's really cool. Underwater. Yeah. Tomb diving. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like something from like Uncharted or something. Yeah. Or Tomb Raider. Or Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, to be a little more on the nose. Yeah. That's, that's, that'd be such a cool job. I it? know. Yeah, I would. I wish I wasn't so scared of scuba diving. After, 
I also am scared of scuba diving, so I think that means I can't do it. Yeah. But it would be cool. Yeah. I need like a bubble vehicle that I can just go in and be, <laughs> in, be in the vehicle and still underwater and explore that way. That would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so they could just turn this tomb into a tourist attraction and we could go. Exactly. Done. Perfect. We need to tell someone about this idea. Yeah. So they can just shoot us down. Yeah. My last story is travel news. This is from uh, theadvocate.com. Uh, family of four accidentally books Virgin's pride flight has a blast. <laughs> what they accidentally. So Virgin Airlines that? has had uh, this, uh, this uh, pride flight in honor of the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots. And it was a flight from London to New York for oh, world wow. pride. That's and this, cool. this family of uh, four said, uh, we booked the flight in September, 2018. <laughs> Virgin then phoned us in October to inform us that it had been chosen to be the pride flight. They asked if we wanted to change the flight, um, which meant traveling on a different day, which we couldn't do. So we went ahead as planned. Uh, And this was Carrie Powell who said this, who boarded the flight with her husband, Sean, and her sons, Calum, four, and uh, Cody, who's one. Um, So uh, the flight (laughs) featured talent, including Unbreakable Kimmy Schmitz, Titus Burgess, uh, and RuPaul Drag Race star Courtney Act, and was staffed entirely by people who identify as LGBTQ+. Uh, The video of the flight shows the Powell boys bouncing up and down in their their seats to Lady Gaga's Born This Way while a drag queen dances down the aisle. This sounds like so much fun. (laughs) That does sound so fun. Oh, wow. Uh, So once the Pride flight was announced with its agenda, including drag queen bingo and a Judy Garland (laughs) sing-along, tickets for the 284-person flight sold out in under 24 hours. Oh, wow. So these people happened to book this flight. It got turned into this Pride flight, and then it was almost immediately sold out once it was announced. Um, They said, it was brilliant. The kids enjoyed it, and the eight hours flew by. Uh, the goodie, the goodie bags were amazing, and the celebrities chatted with us and took photos. Overall, fantastic time. So they just had like a really good time on this totally unexpected yeah. thing, just going on vacation. Kind of that's wish, so fun though. I mean, it's like a show, like on your plane, I wish right? We had, and I wish we had like, something like this when we went here. Yeah, <laughs> like that flight yeah, did not fly like by. That did not. <laughs> um, that was. Very long. It was yes. a very long flight. With, uh, flying with, over the Atlantic Ocean takes with, a long time. With very little in-flight entertainment. Yeah. Uh, but um, this, I just thought that this sounds was such amazing. A, this is such a such a cute story. Yeah. This family just had a really good time. Are there videos of it and stuff? Yeah, there's videos. That's there's awesome. like the one with like little kids just like bouncing up and down their seats <laughs> to like the music and everything. <laughs> it's like just have fun. Yeah. That sounds super fun. They should do more flights with like themes. themes. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly do like what a, I was thinking. Do like a, a luau flight or <laughs> night at the so movies or I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, with performers, performers and and costume contests, celebrities and, things and costume <laughs> theme, 80s theme. Yeah, make flight. it. A, yeah, I love this idea. <laughs> we should talk to somebody about this. I know. We need to tell someone. We have so many ideas, and they need to get out there. I guess, this, I guess that's <laughs> I mean, what I this guess is this for. this is a medium for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look for stories that were just posted today or just happened today, and we read them to you on the fly. And also today is 4th of July, so Woo! let's have fun. Baby, you're a firework. 
Ready, set, go. Okay, I found something on NBC News. Um, fire breaks out at South Carolina fireworks stores. Um, a fire broke out this morning near two South Carolina fireworks stores. I guess they're located in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And um, it started setting off all the fireworks. So okay. there's a video of what people trying to put out like there's like fire there's like water on it and there's just all these fireworks going off because it's like the fireworks store is on fire. I want to see the video. I, okay, see the I can video. show you the video. I can show you the video because that's the whole story. So <laughs> it's basically just like watch this video of this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it just like keeps going. Well, it's all, it's literally, a, it's all fireworks. Whoa. Oh, I didn't see that part. Just a giant blaze and just massive fireworks going yeah, off at the like same time. It looks like it's like a fireworks finale. It almost looks intentional. Yeah. Yeah, I almost feel bad for laughing because it is a fire, but it's, wow. It kind of reminds, did you see the uh, the video? I think, I don't know if it happened last year or the year before where um, this one place set off all their fireworks at once on accident instead of I think set, I did see like, the entire show. So it was just like <laughs> this ear shattering, just like, just explosion <laughs> of all of these things going off all at the same time. Kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. This actually was somehow more staggered than that. Yeah. Well, it's probably the, as the fire spread. Because it was like slowly, and... yeah. It's... But yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah. But, but a very funny. good 4th of July story. I hope that store has insurance. You would hope a store that's primarily dealing explosives this would. would have uh, fire insurance. Though who knows how Hopefully. expensive that would be. Uh, because of how high the risk yeah. is. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. All right. Uh, the story that I found, or that technically, I, I want to thank your husband for finding the story and sending it to us while we were recording. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm, and I'm claiming it as my breaking news story. Uh, uh, this is from CNN. Uh, the newly crowned Miss Virginia did a science experiment for her talent performance. Oh, that's fun. I love this. Um, Camille Schreier was crowned Miss Virginia 2019 at the end of June. And for the talent portion of the competition, the 24-year-old biochemist showed off what she does best, science. Uh, Schreier demonstrated the catalytic decomposition of hydrogen peroxide, a reaction that occurs when hydrogen peroxide comes in contact with a catalyst like potassium iodide, which Schreier used in her presentation. Um, as she mixed the chemicals, large spouts of colored foam came shooting out of the beakers on stage, delighting the audience and obviously impressing the judges. Um, she hopes that her onstage experiment helps change the conversation around what talent, uh, around what talent is and what it means to be a beauty queen. Uh, this is a quote from her that I really like. I am more than Miss Virginia. I am Miss Biochemist, Miss Systems Biologist, Miss Future PharmD, looking toward a pharmaceutical industry career. 
now is the time for me to create a mind shift about the concept of talent by bringing my passion for STEM to the stage. To me, talent is not a passion alone, but also a skill which is perfected over years of learning. Okay, that is so cool. Isn't that great? Yes. I, I love, I love that. that. She's a graduate of Virginia Tech and is currently a doctor of pharmacy student at Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, and her platform issue for the competition was opioid abuse awareness and drug safety, mm. kind of keeping with her with her passions. Yeah. Um, and so as a winner, uh, she will compete in the Miss America pageant in September. I just think that's, that's a really so fun. That's really cool. Yeah. I've never heard of anyone doing like a science sci- thing yeah, for like, that. And I love it. Yeah. That's All the so comments good. are people being like, it's on experiment, the demonstrations, like get over okay, it. But okay. Okay. It's, it's technicality. So she did a like, science demonstration. That's still awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's missing the point. The yes. point is that yeah. <laughs> she did a, a cool science thing. Yeah. And it does take a lot of time to learn how to do. Yeah. And to that put that stuff. kind of thing together. So I thought, yeah. it, I thought it was impressive. Well, I hope she does well in the, uh, the national one. Yeah. As a re- resident of Ohio, I don't know if it's, it's like frowned upon to be cheering for a different <laughs> state's winner, but in this case, okay. I think we can make an exception. I like, I, I'm going to cheer for Ohio too, but, okay. and then whichever one, I hope they both do well. And then if it comes down to it, if it's down to the two of them, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I guess you didn't either. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure anyone would make a great Miss America. Yes. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever other app you'd like to use. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.